Hello everyone and welcome to the Red Debate Debate Special. Today I'm joined by fellow Red Debate co-host Tom and our neutral guest Adam Davey, a lifelong Portsmouth fan but avid football follower. Hello gents, how you doing? Hi boys, nice to be here. Mr Smith, you alright? I'm good mate, I'm good. So today's format's a little bit different to some of our more recent podcasts, but going back to our very roots, it's going to be a debate. Um, So I'm going to fire some quick fire questions at the two of you, and you'll debate out the answers. Um, We're going to cover some Liverpool topics, of course, the Premier League, and a bit about England. Um, I'll then award the round to whoever I think has won that round. So to our listeners, feel free to get involved on social and back your favourite answers. Feel free to call out uh, Red Debate co-host Tom for his poor answers, <laughs> uh, or give us your views as well at the Red Debate on Twitter. Right, so I'm, let's start should with. We a, just, should we just start by introducing Adam as not quite a neutral Liverpool fan on the basis of a hefty sum he put on the Reds to win the league this season? <laughs> yeah, go on, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, it was actually on uh, your Stag Do weekend, wasn't it, Chris? <laughs> he wouldn't remember his no, I wouldn't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't there. Yeah, after a bit of a bit of luck, actually, of all things, betting on the tennis, it was during Wimbledon, I believe. Had a nice win on the tennis, and I've I've long been a big fan of this Liverpool squad, so I decided to reinvest some of my winnings on Liverpool to win the title this season, at a price of five to two, as it was at the start. Of course, now you'll only get a fraction of that with the eleven point lead if they can beat Everton this evening. Yeah. Glorious scenes, glorious scenes. So Davey is a... Let people know how much it is. We're not talking a 20 quid bet here. (laughs) We've got 600 quid on it. (laughs) (laughs) Up the reds. Up the reds, up the reds. Right, so, well, in line with that, down to the debate questions. Uh, Let's start with who's going to win the Champions League this year? Tom, you start. I think the Champions League is going to stay in England this year. Um, I mean... Thinking back to there was that period of time when uh, under Rafa, when um, not necessarily us primarily, but the English teams just dominated Europe. I think we're going to move back towards that, specifically uh, Liverpool and City. I can see one of the two of them winning the Champions League. Adam? I will contest that. I, I, I feel with Man City, it almost might be the case that there's a bit too much pressure on them in the Champions League this season. Yeah. And I think perversely that them being a little bit off the pace in the Premier League may actually end up hindering their Champions League chances. They're obviously going to be playing their strongest side in that competition from now on, I would, I would imagine, as they probably would have anyway. They're, they've always had minnows in their group, haven't they? So They've always had a duff group, which doesn't really sort of turn it into cha- proper Champions League nights for them, unlike us who've, you know, we've had big Champions League fixtures even in the groups, PSG, Napoli's, etc. They don't have that. So they, their Champions League seems to start in the knockouts, whereas everyone else's doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I've just never been convinced of their Champions League form over the last three or four years. Um, That's continued this season. I mean, they had a pretty poor showing against Shakhtar last time out. And I just think that it will get in their heads a bit, that that's the one they know the owners want. The players will be under immense pressure to go out there and win. And I don't think that's when City play at their best. So I'm going to discard City. And despite the fact that one of my reasons was their poor Champions League form over the last three to four years, I'm going to tip up PSG for the Champions League this year. That is a big call. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I look at them last time out, or either of the, pick any of the last three seasons if you want, their major deficiencies have come at the back, right? No one's going to doubt the quality of Cavani, Neymar. They've now added a Cardi to that. I struggle to see a team... You're forgetting a certain someone. 
<laughs> Killian Mbappe, yeah, chuck him in the mix. <laughs> I, I, no one's going to doubt their attacking pedigree. And as a, as a trio, it's probably the best in Europe, I think, with oh, depth. You're on a Liverpool podcast here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bold claim there. But. Um, Di Maria is brilliant this season as well. Did you watch them against Real Madrid the other day? I didn't actually, know. Great game. No. Great game. Great game. I know he's been yeah, pulling up trees in, in the French league. I, I don't particularly buy the, the argument that the fact that they play weak opposition regularly will will really come into play too much. Um, I think, unlike City, they can get up for the big nights. You've seen it against Barcelona. Yeah, they got they got turned over um, second leg, but they, they, they have gone out there and put in some big single-leg performances in the Champions League. They've added Idrissa Gay. They've added Ander Herrera. They're not world beaters, but they're decent defensive midfielders that they didn't have last season, oh, and I think that'll make the difference. Idrissa Gay's been really good for them um, in the couple of games I've seen him. He had a stinker in the first half against Real Madrid this time round, but great game the last time. Put it this um, way, that I think they're both better options than Lasana Diar or Adrian Rabiot in holding midfield, which is uh, what they were pulling uh, together last year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah no one's going to argue against that. Oh, well, I am. Pod listeners know I love Rabiot. Not in that role. Not in that role. All right, so we've got City... And PSG, I'm going to side with Tom there. Yes. I think I, I do think that playing in a weaker league does come back to haunt them a lot. And uh, they've often come out, well, just quite a bit short, to be honest, when it comes to the big games. Um, Smith, go on then. Who, if we had to play one of them in the quarterfinals, who would you rather? Who would you rather play? I'd much rather play PSG. So would I. Yeah, I think they're a lot weaker. Yeah, so would I. City would terrify me, as they did last time, even though, obviously, yeah. it was favourable for us. It was, it was a terrifying experience for most Liverpool yeah. fans, I think. It'd be lovely for them to draw each other, to be fair. I wouldn't fancy playing either of them. I quite no. fancy us against most other sides, but I wouldn't really fancy PSG or City. Quick Let, quick one on Barca, Real Madrid and uh, Bayern. Real Madrid, I mean, they're not... If it wasn't for their past in the Champions League, they wouldn't even be in the debate for me. They're, they're so far off the pace. I, I just don't have... I don't like their current squad. I'm not convinced that Dan going back was the right move. I'm going to discount them. Barcelona, yes. They've, they've still got who is, in my opinion, the best player in the world, probably in Leo Messi. They've got a lot of depth behind him. They could ease. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won the Champions League. Bayern are a funny one. They're not entirely convincing this season. I'm going to say they won't go past the semis. Bayern are fourth in the Bundesliga, well off the pace of Bushim and Schindler-Back. I'm yeah. going to say absolutely not to Bayern Munich. I'd, I'd play them in the first knockout round quite quite happily. Um, Barca scared the shit out of me just because of Messi, largely, but Suarez is on the decline. Griezmann hasn't really worked. Dembele can't keep fit. Not that bothered about Bar Barca. Um, Real Madrid are a side I can't really make odds of. They've got so much quality, but it's not all working together and they're also a way off the pace of Barcelona. Um, if I had to pick one of those as next front runner, it'd probably be, probably be Barca. If, it, a reasonable way, I think, to think about it is who would you not like to draw in the knockout rounds? And I'd, Of those three teams, I'd least like to draw Barca. Yeah, fair. No mention of Liverpool there, boys, but we are the current champions. So. You know, I, I think it'll be Assel City that win the Champions League. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Davey, Adam? No, I'm sticking with PSG. All right. I'm comfortable with that. Fair. Right, let's move on. So, this is a bit of a tricky one. Um, what's the best ground, you think, in the Premier League to go to? David, shall I start? Well, probably won't make too many friends on this podcast for this, but for me, partly due to experience, I guess, I've had a couple of happy memories there, but I'd go with Old Trafford. Oh. Um, 
the theatre of dreams. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, this is it, it, a, 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 a very, very special place for football, I think. Um, it does help that my latest visit there was on the way to winning the FA Cup in 2008 with Pompey, with the 1-0 win with the Mentari penalty. Rio Ferdinand donning the goalie gloves. Um, yeah, that was a great day, yeah. Brilliant day. Van der Sar off injured and then Kushak sent off. Uh, and who, who, who was it that he took down? Milan Barros. Liverpool old yeah. boy Milan Barros. Yeah, yeah. Doing, doing bits that, yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah, I remember I've that. completely forgotten that Rio wearing the gloves was in that game because it all came up the other day when Harry, when uh, Kyle Walker went in goal. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, so that that's my reason. The, the stadium's just lovely. Um, it, it's got a lot of prestige with it and I've got happy memories there. So for me, Old Trafford. Yeah, fair enough. Tom? Um, it's a tough one to answer, really, because, uh, well, I mean... If if you're looking at like quality and caliber of stadium, the best stadium I've been to is the Emirates. It's absolutely lo- lovely stadium, but as a fan experience, it's uh, like there's no atmosphere there, particularly on an Arsenal game. Um, I went to see Brazil against Scotland there, and it was just as loud as uh, Arsenal games I've been to, which is just a joke. But um, I actually hate to say this, Old Trafford is a really impressive place to go and watch football. We we were there for the one all draw this season, um, and it, it it's loud, it's intimidating, yeah. it's it's just a, a brilliant football stadium. Um, I, like I could have I could have gone and said Anfield because because Anfield is is unrivaled, um, but Old Trafford is so vast, like it, it's enormous, isn't it, compared to Anfield? And if you're not going to go down the route of picking one of the like classic old stadiums like Upton Park used to be, or even Fratton Park is, um, then Old Trafford is a, a great combination of like an impressive, basically architectural feat as well <laughs> as well as football witnessing feat. Like Arsenal's a brilliant stadium technically, but it's, it's not the same as watching football. St James's Park, another shout for St James's Park. Oh, the problem um, with St James's Park as an away fan is you're up in the gods, aren't you? It doesn't make the, for the best viewing experience. I'd agree, yeah. Emirates for comfort and quality, absolutely. Yeah. What about Tottenham's new stadium? I haven't been, no. I like White Hart Lane, the old White Hart Lane, yeah. but I haven't been. Have you been to the West Ham Stadium? Uh, yes, I have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not really a football stadium. I went uh, to watch music. <laughs> <laughs> so we might get that. I'll, I'll, I'll give, I wasn't expecting that. Another honourable mention I'll give. You talked about old stadiums. If I was going to pick one of those, I'd Damn. probably actually pick Goodison Park. Really? Yeah, the old wooden seats. It's, yeah. There's something to that. Davey, Davey. Did I pick Man United? Yeah. Man United. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get off the pod, mate? I'll Hold try on. and redeem so, myself. Redeem yourself by, by telling that. us which band you went to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> redeem myself by saying that uh, there isn't much better than... Uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see her at the Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the cop singing You'll Never Walk Alone is, yeah. is something that, it's, as a single event, is probably the most yeah, impressive yeah. thing you see as an away fan. The cop, I was arguing this with someone the other day, the cop's the most famous stand in world football. Ooh, yeah. Name me another stand. Yeah. The strip for them. But you can name. Come on, you still haven't told us who you saw at the Emirates. <laughs> no, the no Emirates? comment. I'm not getting this on the pod. No. <laughs> we'll get that. Out. We'll, we'll publish that on, on yeah, Twitter. We'll, we'll tweet it at, <laughs> yeah. at, at 100%. Right, moving on. Greatest ever Premier League player. Tough on this, um, but we'll go with you, Adam, to start. This was, yeah, easily the most difficult of the questions. I mean... It, very hard to measure. I mean, there are probably five or six names that I would absolutely accept. Gerard Lampard, Terry Ferdinand, Henri, 
all definitely in the mix. You could even chuck gigs and skulls in. I've gone for one of their teammates. A very unusual shout for this, I think. But I've gone with Roy Keane. <laughs> I don't know why and we all start laughing. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I, partly I just want to have a reminisce about the 90s. It was a great era for football. Uh, and when I think of that absolutely dominant, when I think of teams that have absolutely dominated the Premier League, my mind still jumps back to Man U in the 90s. More than any team in the through yeah, the 2000s or 2010s for consistency. And when I think at the heart of that team, I don't. my mind doesn't immediately go Skulls, Giggs, Beckham. It does go to Keane in the middle of the park, absolutely dominating things. I think he's grossly underrated for his ability on the ball. Um, and he's also a fucking great laugh as a pundit, isn't he? <laughs> I love seeing him tear into people he's on Sky Sports. He's an mad fucker, isn't he? Yeah. But I also quite enjoy him as a pundit, I have to say. Tom? he He's actually a niche answer to that question. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Um, kind of hard to disagree with if when you when you lay it out like that. Like, he was instrumental in the 99 Champions League win, which is one of the most iconic. Um, my my personal answer of, of favourite player from, that, from the Premier League era is Steven Gerrard, obviously. But I think if you're going to ask who the best ever player to play in the Premier League is, it's Ronaldo. But that's perhaps in terms of what he went on to achieve. Like, but he hasn't got a Premier League legacy in the no, same no, way no, as these exactly, other players. Exactly, exactly, Keane's yeah. got what five or yeah. six titles. He yeah. was the heartbeat of the team. How Ren- many titles Ronaldo's did Ronaldo win? Yeah, I, two? I'm guessing two. Yeah, two would be my answer. To yeah. that. I don't know. So I think if you're if you're going to talk about who um, has the greatest Premier League legacy, iconic figures of the Premier League that almost transcend. Premier League football, maybe even football itself as a sport, Thierry Henry became like a global phenomenon during his time at Arsenal, didn't he? Even beyond football, he was kind of famous in his own right as a human being as well. Um, and same as you thinking back to the dominating United teams, if if you think back to dominant spells in the Premier League, Art Wenger's Arsenal with Henry at the helm. Yeah, that's Henri and Vieira are the two players that stand out from that side. Yeah. And I, I do love, I I have got a lot of nostalgia for that that holding midfield role that you yeah. just can't see played in the same way as Keane and Vieira used oh, to play it anymore. You yeah, just, Vieira. you'd get sent off every week if, if they were around these days. Well, yeah. defensive midfielders now are just not the same, are they? No, they're not tough yeah. tackling no, players no, no, generally. No. They're quality on the ball. I, they're distributors and yeah, interceptors. Yeah. I actually got a bit of stick on um, Arsenal Twitter for uh, likening Fabinho to Patrick Vieira. <laughs> I put a video up of Fabinho juggling the ball over to um, on rushing midfielders in the game against Chelsea and just striding past like Vieira used to do. But yeah, yeah, Pat Vieira was class, wasn't he? But I think Thierry Henry is a great symbol as well because he's a very well liked guy unless you're Irish. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he, yeah, he was just a good advert for. It, it sounds a strange time, but there was a lot being made of foreign players coming into the Premier League at the beginning of his era, and I think he did a great, great thing for promoting just sort of well cosmopolitan nature of football itself as a sport but yeah Henri okay Henri v Keane I'm gonna go with Henri I think I think the argument for Keane's actually quite strong to be honest I'm with you Tom that I haven't actually heard anyone really say Keane in that conversation <laughs> before but like his his record is undeniable to be honest and you can't really argue against him but Henri for me was just one of those footballers where in in his prime you look at him and just think you are so elite right now 
Yeah, yeah. You and can't Henri, stop him. in his prime was... He was much easier on the eye, of course, than Roy Keane. And, and probably, yeah, a much better footballer. But the reason I've gone Keane is purely... I've focused purely on longevity for yeah, this fair, answer. Yeah, fair enough. And legacy. There's also something to a footballer, and odd to mention Jordan Henderson in this question topic, but there's <laughs> something to a footballer who can have such a significant influence on everyone around him without yeah. necessarily being the best footballer. Oh, yeah. it, it's mad to be able to be the most important player in a squad, but not even the best. Because mm. Keane probably was not technically United's best player he, at well, all at any, at any point okay. in his career. He, he was probably never the best technical player in the team, but he would Ferguson probably would have always said he was the most important in the squad. Yeah. His influence on the dressing room in, at that time, I mean, fuck, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be a young United signing coming in if you were going to get the wrong side of Keno. Especially not yeah. Jesse Lingard. <laughs> <laughs> God, imagine. Yeah. All right, well, the next one ties into this. So, greatest ever single season by a Premier League player. Tom? Um, there are... Three that stand out for me. Well, four that stand out for me. Um, Salah's 17-18, Suarez's 13-14, Ronaldo's 07-08, and Gareth Bale's 12-13. Therefore, I absolutely love. But my answer is actually... What what's in common with those four is they're all brilliant goal scoring seasons yeah. and it, and it's very easy to say nah 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 Salas was the best because he scored the most or no nah, Suarez was the best because he scored the most great goals or Ronaldo's was the best because he won the league um, or Bale's because he came from nowhere but I'm actually going to say Angolo Kante's fifteen sixteen for Leicester yeah that, that is a great shout because, because yeah. it was that came from absolutely nowhere absolutely yeah. nowhere um, they bought him from where Cannes in France mm. and no, was it Cannes or La Havre Cannes or La Havre one of the how two. much did he cost again from the other no Maris came from Maris had been at La Havre before I, I actually should have looked this up I don't know where Kante came from but it, French second tier wasn't it um, and it was just the best midfielder in the league and no one had ever heard of him. And that doesn't ever happen. Yeah. That probably won't happen ever again. Yeah, that's fair enough. He was such a force in that and season. And then his season after, 16-17 for Chelsea, when they bought him, he won them the league as well. Yeah, he was yeah. definitely, for those two years, the best player in the league. And I couldn't argue against him yeah. for the single season, to be honest. If I, w- if I was forced to pick someone else... I would go Ronaldo 07, 08. Yeah. Just, he was just absolutely immense. And that also, in absolutely not the same way as Kante, but that sort of came from nowhere as well. I mean, he'd, he'd had a, a much more underwhelming season before that in, in 06, 07. He was, don't get me wrong, he was obviously still class. Yeah. But he gave nothing to indicate that he'd go on to bang in 31 goals the next season. It was, I think you, you could probably argue all of the examples that Tom gave did the same. Like, no one expected Salah to hit yeah, that many. No, no, no. And Suarez, the season before he hit his 31 or wherever it was, he got, what, 16 that year? He didn't get that many, did he? No. So... Suarez, you could see, was unbelievably talented. Nobody was ruling him out. I remember people saying Ronaldo was rubbish. Like, yeah, he was I mean, getting a key. Oh, he, he was the step over, yeah. like, the poncy little yeah. Portuguese lad who just loved a bit of dribbling. But the, I thing, mean, the thing that he did is he changed himself into an athlete. Do you remember what he looked like when he, he came? He was scrawny, yeah. He was skinny. And, yeah. he, and he looked like he's probably quite a few inches taller than he was now. The, the biggest, uh, sorry, shorter there. The, the biggest thing for me about Ronaldo in, at that time was I have never, ever, I, I don't think, ever watched a player play in the Premier League and see them pick up on the ball on the halfway line and think this could be a goal here in the same way that you would have Ronaldo at that time. And yeah. the one that really stays with me is his goal at Craven Cottage for Man yeah, U, yeah. where he does, but he picks it up on the left-hand side, beats a player on the outside, cuts inside, hammers it bottom corner... 
And for a little period of time, that was fairly routine for him. Yeah. To get the ball in a position of no danger and score a goal. Yeah. And I'm not... Yeah, there was a bit of that with Bale, Salah, Shaw. Kante's obviously a completely different player, but no one's quite done that like Ronaldo for me. Yeah. I I think Ronaldo's managed to shape his career. He's basically become... um, the great one of the greatest goal scorers of all time but when the season you're talking about he was such a great scorer of great goals like he he um younger listeners will probably think of ronaldo as the man who you know pops up in clutch moments scores winning goals but um what a good dribbler he was he, oh, he, yeah. he, like it's not really a part of his game anymore is it but he used to be able to just breeze past players and make them look silly yeah, he's completely adapted to become a totally different... Now he just lingers up front for Juventus. I mean, he, he was an out-and-out winger at, at the start of his United career. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember his goal against Roma? When he ran, do, like, yeah. 40 yards or something and got that bullet header in. It was just... Oh, that yeah. just showed his his athleticism, I think, has potentially never, ever been rivaled and possibly never will be rivaled. No, I remember the Sunday Times doing a piece about his, like, basically bodily statistics yeah. and saying that something like his thigh-to-waist ratio was like that of a bodybuilder. And he had all of these, like, physical proportions that were just astonishing. Yeah. Um, like his 100-metre sprint or pace over 30 metres was good enough to qualify for the Olympics and cra- like crazy stuff like that. And he And he made himself that. But yeah, so... Yep, fair enough, gone. In the but. final thing on Ronaldo is he also changed the way footballers strike a dead ball. We remember, everyone will remember that free kick oh, against yeah. Pompey. And I think... Oh, him, Pompey him. managed to get two or three references <laughs> yeah, yeah, already. That's what happens yeah. when you get a Pompey yeah. fan on it. I nearly picked a Fratton Park for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Uh, it's a tough one, this, because Kante's season was phenomenal, but I have to have to go with Ronaldo. It pains me to say it, obviously, him being a United player, but... He was just a special player to watch and I wanted to hate him and I kind of did hate him but at the same time like the goals he was scoring were just unbelievable. So moving on, let's do England's current best player as the next one. So um, in the current squad, who do you think England's most important or best player is? It could be different players I guess, but Adam? So for me, that is Raheem Sterling. I think he's... Yeah, he's England's best player. Uh, I, I think he is the one that will scare opposition more than anyone else. He more can do... Ah, oh, definitely more than Kane. Mm. I mean, Kane is very important to England because we have no obvious alternative, especially now Jamie Vardy's retired. I don't think anyone can quite play that central striker role the same way as Kane does, particularly the new Harry Kane of the last 18 months that drops in a bit more. Brewster? The gunman. The gun- <laughs> I don't think the gunman's quite up to the job. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at you're looking at completely different players if you take Kane out, Kane out of the team. You're looking at playing a Rash- Tammy Abraham. Rashford, yeah. yeah, Rashford or a front three. Yeah, but someone that's going to just play in a completely different way. I quite like... I think the way Kane drops deep actually makes players like Sterling and Sancho, Hudson-Odoi, much yeah. more effective. Like, like Firmino does for Liverpool, yeah. in truth. Um, yeah. I mean, it... it, it it's quick answer for this one for me because I think it's Raheem Sterling as well. He's turned into... People underplay how good he was for us as well. People make out like Pep made him this player. It, Liverpool fans will all tell you from 13, 14, Raheem Sterling's a quality footballer and always was. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think he's just gone... It, like He's work, operating at a ridiculous level at the moment. He's a proper world-class player. He is a proper world-class player, yeah, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's phenomenal, yeah. Easy one all round then. Um, Euro 2020 winner. France next... 
England I'm going to go with. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah no, I, I say that with a lot of confidence. And we're actually yeah. the bookies' favourites. Um, and this is probably a mixture of my own rose-tinted goggles. Come on, England. And what I think is a super exciting crop of young players we've got, particularly going forward. Uh, I, I'm I'm really excited by the prospect of a of a well potentially a Sancho Kane Rashford front three, um, but there are others you can bring into that equation if if either Rashi or Kane don't quite make it through injury. But I think the the, the noises at the moment are both will be back playing Premier League games before the end of the season, so should both be sort of match fit for the Euros, which is great and actually means they will have had a rest, so not off the back of a heavy season. Um, so, yeah, really excited by that. You Liverpool fans listening will love to hear me say that Jordan Henderson is in what I see as the form of his career. Um, and central midfield has undoubtedly been a bit of a problem position for England over the years. I think Winks can slot in alongside him as one of the shuttlers as well. I think he remains fairly underrated and I, I think Mourinho can get a bit more out of Harry Winks. Uh, bring a bit more to his game, hopefully add a few goals. I'd like to see him break through the lines a little bit more rather than just constantly picking up the ball from the back four and recycling. But I like what I see in him and I think there's more potential. Um, so for me, England, a great, exciting fullbacks. Trent on one side, probably Ben Chilwell on the other. But I, I don't think you get too much better than that. Who are we looking at as the main contenders? France are probably number one on most people's lists. It pains me to see these bullshit uh, things people post online of the squad depth of a country like France with four deep in every position. But ultimately, in a, in a tournament, you don't need that. Half of those boys won't even make the squad. So it's all well and good that they've got eight world-class strikers, but only four are going to be on the plane in the first place. Um, I also struggle to get behind a team managed by Didier Deschamps too much, uh, even a team that's just won the World Cup. Um, I think they'd always be just one or two bad results or disgruntlements within the camp away from a bit of a meltdown. I, I wouldn't be... It's a really bold shout, but I wouldn't be totally shocked. Of all the big teams, if you said to me one of them would implode and go out in the group stage, I would back that to be France. Um, I still don't think the Dutch are ready. Um, the Germans, they'll be there or thereabouts, but I don't think they've got the, the the explosiveness that England might do further down the pitch. Obviously, Werner's having the season of his life. Marco Roy's still very handy amongst others. But but I just get I do get really excited about the explosiveness of that potential front three of of Rashford, Sancho, and Kane that I mentioned earlier. Um, so yes, England, it's coming home. Is it coming home though? Probably not. So I'm going to go to Verge France there because I just can't get on board the uh, it's coming home bandwagon, to be fair. And that is the end of the Red Debate debate special. Um, it's been a pleasure having Adam on. Thanks for coming, mate. And uh, let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Um, some bold calls in there, boys, but... Sounds like it could be a good summer for England. So, up the Reds.